We're talking Padres all season long. This is Padres Social Hour, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store. Welcome back on this draft week. It's been a big topic of conversation here on Padres Social Hour. And Peter Seidler just uh, joining us before and now joining us, Mark Connor, the director of amateur scouting and the man who's uh, been right there with A.J. Preller. We see you in all the shots. We see you in all the interviews. Uh, you must be exhausted. Or are you still on adrenaline? I mean, take <laughs> us through your mind right now. Excited. Excited for the day, but uh, pretty tired. I mean, it's been uh, a long year. I mean, it's not just the last few days. It's, uh, it's been a long process that our scouts have gone through, and I think we're all tired and looking ready to make some good picks tomorrow and take a little little rest. But, but this is like your Christmas day for the scouting department, right? I mean, you mentioned this is a whole year's worth of work culminating down to these couple of days and uh, super exciting. Is it, is it panning out the, the way you guys have sort of anticipated? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's uh, how the picks have come. I mean, I feel like we have gotten six guys that have first-round talent within the first 10, 10 rounds. And to me, that's a tremendous draft, and it goes to show basically how our guys worked and how they identified guys and the work they did to get to know them and allow us to pick them. Yep. I love the, the quote you had last night. You know, a lot of people saying that you guys were taking a lot of high-risk picks or some outside-the-box picks, and you said if other people see guys as a risk, they didn't do the same work as us. I love that bravado that you guys have the comfort and the confidence that you took the guys you wanted. Is there anybody in particular that you think maybe other people see as a reach but that you guys are most excited out of that first day yesterday that you were really happy you got? I mean, I think everybody looks at – there's 30 teams that look at it 30 different ways. I mean, some people would say Cal Quantrill because he had Tommy John is a, is a risk. And to us, it's – we did our work. Like, I mean, he, we saw the rehab. We spent time with him. To us, it wasn't a risk based on the person and his ability, uh, plus the medical reviews. Then you say Hudson Sanchez, somebody the industry may not have had ranked that high, but if you spend time with him, you get to know him as a person, you understand how young he is, you understand his ability, his skill set, and the potential that this young man has, it's not a reach. I mean, there's a lot of strategy that goes into it, and people within the industry are texting us right after those picks saying, what a tremendous, like, steals. I mean... It's all uh, 30 different teams look at 30 different ways. Yeah, and one of the picks that I liked, uh, Reed Buddy. I mean, to me, that sort of falls into the category also of hey, maybe you didn't hit as well as you may have anticipated, but as a scouting department, that's where you, you figure out, okay, what can be fixed? What can we see here? What is the true ceiling of a kid like that? And that goes on throughout the draft all the way down past the first day, certainly, even more so in the second and third days, I would imagine. No question. I mean, the one thing I can say is, like, when you look at these players, I mean, there's no perfect players out there. Yeah. I mean, there's, they all have things to do to work on to come play out here every single day, you know, for a big league club. Buddy Reed has a legitimate body. He's a legit athlete. He can run. He can throw and he can defend. You know, there's been questions with the bat, but he has certain components to his hitting that are going to allow him and give him the opportunity to hit at the major league level. Got a couple he's of questions. Exciting player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we talked about him at the top of the show. Just the tools alone. He's, yeah, yeah. He's flash. He looks like he's got a lot of great potential. A couple of questions coming in from our fans on Twitter here. Uh, Paul asking, "Are you strictly looking for players that are three to four years out of the bigs? Maybe someone like a Buddy Reed who projects as a project, or possibly something sooner? Eric Lauer, we've already discussed, thinks he could be in the big leagues next year. How do you guys balance? All right, this is tools. This is maybe a 17-year-old, or this is a guy that can be here on a fast track." You know, I mean, I think it all goes into the equation of each individual player. Like, I mean, just because Eric Lauer can get to the big leagues maybe quicker than others, we shouldn't 
not look at them. Or if it takes a guy a couple years, we shouldn't look at them. I mean, each player is truly individual. So if he, Eric Lauer is getting to the big leagues quickly, that's a good thing. Sure. I mean, he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's going to take a few years for a guy to get there, like, that's the normal path. I mean, it does, we're not looking at getting guys here quick or, you know, taking long development. Like, we're expecting to accelerate the process of the gifted. So we're hoping to get them in and push them. You know, Mark, when I, I got drafted, I remember talking to some other scouts and other organizations, and, and they would complain that, you know what, we bring this talent in, and they'd say, off the record, we don't have the confidence in our development system to do what we think these kids can do. I mean, and for you, it's got to be comforting to know there have been a lot of changes in the minor league system. You feel like, hey, we can bring in young talent that needs help because we've got the coaching staff now to build these guys up into big league players. No question. I mean, I think first and foremost, like when A.J. came over, like the culture he wanted to create of – all of us communicating and the relationships that we have from department to department and work together, like uh, that is definitely in place in this organization. I mean, I have constant dialogue with Sam Gini and the coordinators within our, our player development, knowing what our players are doing, strengths, weaknesses, so we can relay that back to our scouts. Yep. And kind of it's a good learning process, both, both for the player development and for ourselves to know what's working and we can kind of grow together. Yep. When A.J. Preller was on this show earlier in the week, you know, I asked him a sort of a twofold question. One, where do you see holes in the organization to plug? And then two, what's the strategy going in in terms of the profile of player you want to get? And he said high-level starting pitching was something this organization was lacking. But then he also said we're taking the best player on the board no matter where they play. Ends up 10 of your first 13 picks are starting pitchers. How much of that was a priority of filling in an organizational weakness and how much of it was you feel that – it was pitchers the best that you were getting every time your pick came around. I mean, honestly, I think that it was the best player available. Um, you know, not one time did it enter my mind like we need pitching. I mean, from AJ's standpoint of being the general manager, he is looking maybe to fill at the big league level. My, from my standpoint, like, and our scouts, we're just trying to add talent. And whatever that talent is, whatever position it is, like, we need to add it. So pitching – Position players didn't matter to me. Just want to take the best player. You know, t going back to the number one pick with with Quantrill, obviously people understand the character of this young man. Also, how as important is it for you with your amateur scouts? Not only that they can sit there and evaluate the physical skills, but understand you know what's the makeup of this kid and how important is that in your decision making process? Uh, I mean, it, it's uh, honestly it's paramount. I yeah. mean, like you can have the most ability on the field, but if if your makeup's lacking and you yeah. can't consistently First of all, if you don't compete on the field, you can't handle adversity. You don't have passion for the game. You can't. You have off-the-field issues that hinder your ability to get on the field. Those things will limit your, your ability to reach your ceiling. And we've seen it happen with many players that are extremely talented that have had makeup issues, never reached the big leagues, and guys that have made the big leagues fall short of their true ceiling. True. All right. Mark Connor, thank you very much. You still got a busy day tomorrow to get ahead, so <laughs> best of luck. And uh, looking good, I know AJ likes those flashy sport coats when you're standing next to him there at the press conferences, <laughs> but you hold <laughs> your own, I must say. I appreciate it. Mark, Mark Connor, thank luck. you very much. Good, good luck you. tomorrow. Good We're good back to wrap thank things up. This is Padres Social Hour.